Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And they have grown up for 30 years believing a certain thing is true. And they also then exercise and live their lives in the same manner. Uh, like with a sense of authority they have they are now teachers they have a lot of authority hi listeners melting pot is privileged to be collaborating with the zero period for a series of conversations with their team on awareness about comprehensive sexuality education the zero period is a non-profit organization they're based out of India, they're working to enable comprehensive sexuality education in Indian schools. The theory of change that the organization follows is via teacher training to deliver comprehensive sexuality education curriculum to the pre-adolescent students. This helps in ensuring that their curriculum sustains in the schooling system through generations and it also is a driving force in the ecosystem level change in schools by involving adults and children alike. So presenting a very special series on Melting Pot in collaboration with The Zero Period. Hi everyone, uh, today I'm in conversation with Medha Claire. Medha is a team member of um, the Zero Period and as you know, you're aware, we're doing a very, very special collaborative series, The Melting Pot, along with the Zero Period. So I'm really, really uh, happy to have Medha, um, you know, be a part of this conversation, which I think is a very, very um, important conversation. The Zero Period, uh, their main focus is on um, comprehensive uh, sexuality education, which I think uh, is a dialogue, um, you know, the rest of the world is pretty aware of. Um, and I think it's gradually seeping into India as well. So, um, so thank you so much, Medha, for being a part of this uh, collaborative effort. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this uh, podcast and talking about comprehensive sexuality education. Great. So um, it's something that, you know, we're going to focus on uh, for this particular episode is um, consent in relationships. Okay. Now that is, um, it can be very broad, right? So it would be interesting for me um, to, to just get an understanding from you as to how many, you know, because it could be um, relationships with uh, your spouse, it could be relationship with your friends, it could be relationship, you know, with 
um, with your peers, with your, um, you know, with your, your schoolmates and family. a family. And to what extent um, do you, you know, when do you agree to actually give consent and for what, right? So the, so, so basically the, I would say the, um, where do you draw the line, you know? So I think that that would be an interesting uh, conversation to have with you. But before we get into that, yeah. uh, just a little background on you, Mepa. Sure. Um, so like you've already said, I'm a sexuality educator with the zero period. I have been working um, within the sexuality space and uh, to be more specific in the comprehensive sexuality education space since 2018. Um, and I think this is just something that I'm super passionate about. I think. Uh, so, yeah. So when you say you're super passionate, what I mean, there has to be some trigger, right? Um, that I, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think much like most other people who work in this space, it comes from, of course, the fact that we weren't given any sort of sexuality education. We just sort of like learned about our bodies, about changes, about relationships, all kinds. As we grew, we learned about it from our peers. We made a lot of mistakes. We kind of learned what was right, what was wrong, what we wanted to do. And I think that sort of, I understood over time that that journey could have been simpler if we were given any education about ourselves in advance. If we were told of what was coming ahead, I think life would have been just in general a little bit easier. Um, so that's the broader philosophy of like my working behind it. And it came um, right after when I had graduated with uh, economics honors. I didn't see myself working in this space until I exactly knew what was I doing. So went on a little bit of an exploratory journey, realized it was sexuality education that I think I needed to really fix part firstly for myself, needed to like sort of educate myself and then give it to everybody else as well. I just can't see a child growing up and not knowing what's coming ahead. I'm like, no, you need to be taught first. So um, that's mostly the reason why um, I do this. So, okay. So, I mean, so basically self-learning uh, is not the way to go because your, your mind hasn't quite developed, your brain hasn't developed. Uh, so you can't really understand right from wrong uh, you can't understand limitations because you know it's it's the body that is and the brain that is developing at different stages in your life so if what you're saying is that if there is um, a method in place to start educating you from a very young age um, it does make a difference and it does allow you to to balance and uh, to kind of understand um, limitations, correct? Absolutely. And it's also partly because um, a lot of our limitations are set by the society that we all live in. We live in their limitations. So while we're also trying to understand what our personal limitations and boundaries are, there are also certain limitations that we're living in that is... Uh, given to us by the society so I think that becomes a really sort of like a tricky area to navigate through and often gets a little bit messy what we end up calling the teenage um, I think if we tell them in advance give them tools to really sort of you know navigate that uh, better I think it's, it's just going to be easier 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so now let's talk a little more in detail about consent and what uh, is your take on it? Absolutely. So um, consent is, uh, my also understanding of consent came when I started exploring sexuality education as a subject. And consent happens to be a small part of everything that we talk about in comprehensive sexuality education. And the very simple understanding or like uh, the very layman understanding of consent is basically saying um, when we give permission to do something or something to happen to another person. So for instance, if somebody wants something from us and then we give them that permission to do it, that's consent. What we often end up hearing, um, no means no, that comes from like, the whole conversation about consent, but I think it's so much more nuanced. Um, yeah, so um, that's essentially what I think uh, is the basic understanding of consent. Okay, and uh, so now when we kind of break it down further, um, where do we start from? Uh, from uh, when your brain hasn't completely developed and you're at school, um, at that point, um, when do you, you know, how do you kind of say, okay, like something being done to me at this point in time doesn't seem right. Do I give consent or not? So that's the first stage. Yeah. Then, you know, you get into um, when you're in a workspace, when you're in a in a relationship, when you're in a, a marriage, um, you know how and specific to sex, I would because that that's what really we're talking about, right? Yeah. So, all right. So I think um, consent is of course a practice. We need to practice consent every day, and that needs to come from within. It has to be taught. Our body kind of needs to be taught how to seek consent, how to give consent. And that essentially starts from, and I know when we have to talk about sex, but consent essentially starts when we're very young, when, yeah. you know, our parents, and for that matter, everybody else with authority kind of tells us what is going to happen to you. They, we seek permission from them. Can we do that? But at the same time, if it can be done backwards as well, if we are asked that, oh, is this something that you'd like to do? Can I pick you up? Can I kiss you? Can I pull your cheek? How often are kids don't want any adult to touch them, pull their cheeks, but we just go ahead and do it nonetheless. And we don't even understand as adults that that was also consent. We should have asked. If they said no, we back off because when they said no, and then we still went ahead and do it, um, go ahead and do it, they're just going to assume that, oh, no, actually doesn't mean no. We can persuade the other person. If we have more power, we can just go ahead and do it nonetheless. So that's ideally where uh, we need to start teaching consent to ourselves and to our children. So do you think this is uh, society-led? Absolutely, it's society-led. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. so many people with authority just kind of assume that they can do so many things to people. And then we as kids grow up and want to be in that position as well where we're like we tell them what you can do with your bodies we tell them what's going to happen to you and it's uh, we all want to be in that position where we don't have to ask 
but it should be the other way around. We should really get comfortable with asking, accepting both the answers, no and yes. And yeah, just be comfortable with that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, so this is uh, basically when it, this is your childhood, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so what you're, my understanding of what you're saying is that you have to, you know, uh, your family, your surroundings, the adults have to know where, to, have to ask, you know, and not kind of touch you. They may think, oh, they're, they're being very kind of, you're very sweet and cuddly and all of that. It could be a male member of your family or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you sort of, uh, and, and they think it's the right thing to do. So you're, what you're trying to say is that it's not. And you have to stop, however, whatever the age of the child, you have to stop and say, look, um, you know, hey, you're cute. Uh, can I pull your cheek, for example, right? Absolutely. And if the child says no, then you respect that, correct? Absolutely, you respect because we're teaching them to say no. Yeah. We also need to teach them what it means. And that can't come from just saying that, you know what, when you say no, or when I say no, when I tell you no, that means you don't do it. But we don't actually practice it ourselves. When the child says no, we don't practice it. We just go ahead and do it nonetheless. So their yeah. understanding of no becomes so flawed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then you move on to school, right? Um, you have teachers, you have friends, you know, they're boys and girls who study together. Um where do you draw the line, um, say, preteen? Mm-hmm. How, you know, what, what kind of steps should uh, preteens take? Um, and where, where do they draw the line and say, no, this is not acceptable. I'm not going to uh, allow you to do this. So I think um, where does a child say no really comes from like their own understanding of themselves. Have we actually told them that such a feeling, like if you're anxious, if suddenly you feel unsafe, you can say no. Um, so it, it needs to be very intuitive. It needs to be, you. one needs to understand their behavior. So we need to like sort of tell them that if at any point you think that this is something that you might not be so comfortable with, you can say no, or you can say something that's close to no. Maybe just say maybe, because maybe also doesn't mean yes. Even yeah. yes might not mean yes. If, if you're saying, if your body's like, mm, that just means you don't want to do it. So that's exactly, we need to tell them that all of those behaviors mean that you don't want to do something and you can actually verbalize it or say it in some other manner to let the other person know that that's something that you're not comfortable with. And if those boundaries are sort of broken, what do you do then? So I might teach them that you can say no to a certain thing if your body tells you that don't do it. But if that's not respected, what do you do right after? So you go and tell somebody, build that sort of support system for these kids to be able to like truly practice their consent as well. So um, that's what I would say um, in preteen area. So like we need to sort of teach them any activity could be borrowing a pencil if you don't want somebody to borrow a pencil you say no the other person respects this and that's essentially where consent starts from for anybody to then later touch you and to be for you to be able to say no i think we need to like sort of build on it from those very little small things 
working in the treacherous and very niche space that is comprehensive sex. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality education in India. The zero period depends upon donations and external funds by community members who believe in the mission and the vision of the organization. If you are willing and you're able to, please do donate to the crowdfunding campaign of the zero period by clicking on the link in the description. Thank you. So yeah. that's a part of your curriculum for the teachers when you're, because, um, you know, as my discussion with Marika, uh, she kind of highlighted how the teachers become educators. And so yeah. it's not, this, so the zero period is empowering the teachers to actually um, um, filter it down to, to the children. So and and it's not you who's directly doing it and talking mm-hmm. to the kids. So um, yeah. so just give me one example of um, at the school level. Uh, what would you know something uh, in your um, in in how you explain it to uh, the teacher who then becomes the co- sexual um, comprehensive uh, sexual like- sexuality. A coordinator right so yeah. um yeah. So, so just a couple of things that you know um uh, that come to your mind that you would teach the teacher so a lot of our uh, training happens through case studies so we walk them through like those very subtle incidents or situations where we just assume that ah oh, that's okay i mean it's really not so bad you really don't have to fuss about it. Those sort of situations, like I just mentioned, somebody taking somebody else's pencil. pencil how yeah. often we just tell the child, it's nothing to fuss about. Like, it's okay. You can deal with it. But you can't. You have to tell both the parties that you can't. You can't just deal with it. And it's through case studies like those where we try to test 
if they fully understood what consent means and then we sort of also like build on it that it's those little things where consent starts from and where does it really end we also sort of like try to tell them um what happens when you say no when somebody else is hears no while we've taught people that no means no hesitation means no maybe means no have we told them really taught them what do you do after <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Said, what are you supposed to do are you supposed yeah. to persuade them are you supposed to be like uh, okay not friends or are you supposed to just maybe sit with them talk to them so it's it's what happens after consent if it's given if it's not even what do you do in both of these situations and when we train them we put them in their own life situations i think it's really important for them to understand when consent was taken away from them when they didn't realize that they didn't have uh, agency so all of those things are sort of like taught in their own spaces and then we hope that the same then they can uh, deliver to their students as well so yeah okay so how uh, challenging i mean i have asked parkha this question uh, but i would like to ask you the same because you're in a different situation right you're in a different um city in india and uh, so in your part of uh, the world how hard has it been uh, or how challenging has it been to actually get um get um you know get this training through um to the teachers how receptive have they been how receptive have the schools been where you know you've gotten yourselves involved um in in where you are and and remind me again which part of india are you in i am uh, currently in kurukshetra it's a small town in haryana north of delhi north of delhi okay so yeah. um so yeah so so obviously different uh, my understanding of india is because india is so vast and yeah. every every state has a different um approach and a different way of uh, thinking and you know some are some are um still pretty much mm-hmm. in a in a time warp right so yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> so absolutely i think it's um it's challenging it's challenging not just um so the challenge really comes because you know these are 40 year old people we're dealing with folks who are between 30 to 40 45 and they have grown up for 30 years believing a certain thing is true and they also then exercise and live their lives in the same manner uh, like with a sense of authority they have they are now teachers they have a lot of authority they think a certain thing is okay to do and we come and tell them hold up all your 30 years of life was by the way wrong uh, <laughs> we want to tell you something else so yeah. that's where the tricky part of the conversation is where we have to like really break it down for them really help them understand that why we have and myself included i think i have unlearned and then learned consent myself uh you have to like really break it down for them that why a certain thing existed how it existed um how we have all come to understand consent in the little manner that we have and why it's important for us to like learn it back so it's a very long conversation of like really breaking down our lives our understanding and then telling them that 
you're okay you're not a horrible person we But are not just horrible yeah. yeah yeah we just got to yeah. unlearn and learn better yeah. So, yeah yeah it's a process and have you made a headway in where you are um with teachers um yeah i think it's a slow process i think we're getting there um so the idea is to not really make them understand everything the idea is to start the conversation to nudge them in the direction of thinking in in a certain way and then possibly learning it over years in their own spaces while constantly you know providing them with resources really telling them where do you find the correct information from because even for myself when i started uh, within the sex ed space it was 2018 i think i have grown tremendously in these past 4 5 years so it was just it's just like little little bit of a nudge put them in that direction ask them to like view every situation from a different lens now if anything that's happening in front of them now they will look at it from the consent uh, lens of consent while otherwise they would have probably not even thought about it twice so i think that's what we're essentially trying to do we're like trying to nudge them in a direction to think differently at the point and also yeah. coming from uh, such a young group of people uh, it must be quite uh, you know and, and like you rightly said they're all set in their ways and their thinking so bring about that uh, it not change and bringing about a new kind of understanding uh, for them they they also must be like stepping back and saying why should we listen to these young people oh, how can absolutely <laughs> that i think i think that's 90% of our job for them yeah. to tell we understand we are young we understand that you have a lot more experience than we do you have but a lot it's not the right kind of yeah. experience <laughs> like but you know what we've also sort of like we've grown up we've seen our teachers we don't want a certain thing to happen and older person is never going to come and tell you this thing there's never going to be a old sexuality educator that wasn't a thing back then there's always going to be a young person nobody older than myself is coming to teach you this so you know what deal with it and that's what we tell ourselves also that there's never going to be an ideal situation for these people there's never going to be an the school principal coming and telling them this because that person has to unlearn too that just wasn't the generation where they were thinking we yeah. have the privilege to be thinking like this so it's always going to be a young person now let's figure out how are we together going to learn so we have to like use techniques like um ask them to not call us girls we're like no we're not girls we're women we're not so very often they call us daughters or what we call it in hindi is beti to start the conversations with like beti but this we're like we're not betis we are your educators you teach you treat us with yeah. respect and that's what we'll do it so this is sort of like some sort of like respect building that kind of needs to happen at every classroom that we go in um but yeah like i said it's 90% of our work really yeah and i think it's um it's obviously not going to happen over over overnight and the fact that you are and under comprehensive sexuality education there are so many pillars um and consent is just one of the pillars so you know for for them to be able to take in all this information um to be able to understand uh, that you know it is something that hasn't been thought about in the past in in their personal lives as well as in 
you know, in the society that they live in, I think is, um, is I mean, I can, I can appreciate how challenging it must be for them. And at the same time, obviously it's challenging for you because you're the one who's stepping in um, to make the change. So um, that's quite commendable actually, you know? And what I feel is that um, if there are uh, more and more people like the zero period who intervene, who get involved, who um, try and bring about this change and, you know, and to, to bring about a change in all of India is not an easy task with different cultures, different mindsets. Uh, I think it, I think it will eventually, maybe 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, there will be a change. Um, and really, really hope so. I think the more zero periods there are, the more our task will get easier. Exactly. This conversation flowing everywhere. Yeah. Um, it'll just make things easier for us. So yeah, we really hope there are more of us doing all of this work across the country so that there is a point where every all of us can like together be like, we need this and we have an ecosystem that's built. That's been sort of created. Support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's why I'm, I'm so happy to be using my platform, um, you know, to reach out to more and more people. Um, uh, who will one see the gap uh, and may want to step in um, and you know become a part of the zero period or like like we were saying uh, try and start something on on their own and say Kerala or wherever yeah. you know and have influences because I have listeners um, all over the world so there can be influences from there because I think. Uh, you know, comprehensive sexuality education in other parts of the world uh, probably is far more advanced than and and is far more um, um, recognized as compared to India because there are so many taboos. There are so many um, again, it's it's pressures from society that I think um, you know those influences if they can filter in as well. I think I would have um, also in my in a very very minute way made a difference. So no, absolutely, just having this conversation, I think you've made your difference. You were talking about it. A bunch of people are even if they're just like listening to it passively. I think the difference is getting made, and um, yeah, I think that's. I think you've done your part by it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, hope no, everybody else you. does too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I really look forward to that. And I'm so impressed with, uh, the, I know I have another two or three uh, conversations and I'm so, and, and I had the privilege of meeting this young bunch uh, of all of you, at least most of you. And uh, I feel like it's very, very special. And um, thank, thank you, you for um, starting this conversation um, in a country like India, um, and I know you're, it's a very uphill task for you, and I know there will be a lot of challenges, but I also know seeing the passion and, um, and the absolute determination that you will get somewhere. 
all of you, Barkha and the entire team of Zero Period. Thank you so much for saying that, Pail. I think it's it's these words that keep us going because the change is slow. Yeah. So I think it's it's people like you when you notice us, when you see and say that our work is good, that you know we're like, okay, maybe we're on the right path. Maybe we're doing the right thing. We're young. <laughs> it's fine. So. Of course you are, <laughs> without doubt. Thank you so much, Meda. It's been so nice talking to you and um, wish you all the very best. And let's see the zero period making leaps and leaps and, you know, going ahead in, 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 in the right direction. Thank you so much, Bye. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> All right then, bye. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.